Welcome to UX Radio, the podcast that generates collaborative discussion about information architecture, user experience, and design. Margot Deer is the Senior Director of User Experience at ADP in their Innovation Center in Pasadena. She has over 15 years experience in branding, strategy, and user-centered design methodologies, specializing in compliance and SAAS software application development. Here are your hosts, Laura Federoff and Chris Chandler. Today, we're so excited to interview one of our professional crushes, Margot Deer. She is the Senior Director of UX at ADP at their Innovation Center in Pasadena. Welcome, Margot. Thank you. I've never been called a professional crush in a podcast before, so I guess there's a first time for everything. That's right. <laughs> well, we're, we're just Thanks. revealing our crush now, so luckily it's a, no one can see you blush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As Laura just mentioned, you are the Senior Director of UX at ADP, and I know that your group is part of the Innovation Center there. So my big question to you is, how does UX fit into innovation inside of the enterprise? So just a little bit of a background quickly on ADP and when they decided to move or set up an Innovation Center in Pasadena, Um, I think probably about five years ago, like any large organization, they realized that they needed to start to invest more in user experience design because that was one of the big differentiators um, in terms of their competitors um, and also sort of smaller startups that were taking some of their the comp- competition. And so ADP invested in a innovation lab in Chelsea, New York, probably around 2012, and they started to hire and recruit new talent into the organization, anything from user experience designers, user experience researchers, anthropologists, more different skill sets in development and product management. And then I guess off the back of that, um, they decided to open up another office on the West Coast and they researched the area in Los Angeles and wanted to be placed in LA to tap into the UX community here, but also the development community being close to Caltech, Pasadena Arts Center. So in 2015, they opened up this office and I was approached by a couple people at ADP. I was in Santa Barbara working at Citrix at the time. And um, they said, you know, hey, we want to come over and talk to you about what we're doing here. Um, I was, you know, pretty excited to be part of this, you know, wave that was happening. So I joined ADP in July 2015. And I feel like I was quite lucky. They basically gave me a blank piece of paper and they said, here's the headcount that we want you to design a team for go ahead and do it. So I created a user experience team um, that was in a way handpicked from from the area. Um, I started to look at what were the immediate problems that we needed to solve through design and then kind of built a team around that. But one of the things that you asked me was, you know, what are some of the challenges I see? Despite the fact that ADP has gone from 40 UX individuals globally to 400 in a short amount of time, um, I still feel like, you know, the the sort of the ratio uh, UX to product to development is still not 100% there. Um, So we're constantly 
juggling multiple projects in terms of supporting um, some things in the roadmap and trying to get ahead to really kind of solving, you know, clients' problems through design. So we still have some challenges there. Uh, last time I counted, I think our ratio was something very close to one to four to 40 or something like that. So one UX to four product to 40 developers. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so yeah. what would your ideal be? Oh, I'd like, I'd love to have a one-to-one ratio with product to start. You know, there's a lot of different sort of ideas and theories out there. You know, I think, I, I think the best ideal scenario is sort of a one-to-one to 10 ratio, but having said all that, you know, enterprise, the work that we do here isn't just strictly front end. You know, we're very much a you know service design as well. So a lot of the development isn't necessarily targeted on the work that we do. There is a lot of of back end systems, complex database engineering, and in addition to that, things like you know more more around data or or moving moving funds and money because that's kind of what ADP does as a payroll company. You know, it moves monies in from organizations to employees to the regulatory bodies. So so there is um, probably some things that I'm discussing there in development that isn't just purely something that UX can support, if that makes sense. How, um, How did you go about or how have you gone about proving the value of UX inside your organization? Yeah, so if I look back at sort of the journey that we've been on in the past three years, um, you know, the first step was hire, you know, amazing UX team, Tick. And then right away, my headcount or the team that I, that I built here was about 10 people. I did sort of uh, split between design and research. Majority uh, were designers. And then I, I have developed a small research team. What I felt very strongly about at that time was that I didn't want to have our researchers sort of running around after the designers and doing usability research. What I wanted the researchers to do was very more um, upfront strategic research to really start to build a body of of work and and information about our customers and their behaviors that we could continue to mine as we were sort of going in and, and building and scaling out our, our products and and evolving the products into um, some of the things that are in the hands of the customers today. But also part of that thinking was, you know, if ADP is sort of new to user experience, everybody's talking about, you know, how they want to be the next Apple, which drives me a little bit crazy. I think, well, okay, what do we have to do is we have to do a lot of education. So that means education in you know our methods and methodologies, things that we kind of take for granted working in this industry. Sometimes you forget that you have to re-educate um, a lot of people. Um, because the ADP Innovation Center is new and, and sort of like a shiny new toy, we have a really good opportunity to spend a lot of one-to-one and FaceTime with the senior leadership team and the general managers, which is really good for designers because I think in some organizations, you don't always get a chance to get in front of them. So a lot of the work that we did in the first uh, probably year and a half has been around educating through setting example and uh, driving best practices. So we did a lot of field research up front. We were able to tell stories. We were able to bring people 
from development and um, you know other teams with us when we went into our customers' offices and sat with them. Um, they learned about different methodologies and and techniques and why we do what we do. And then now we're at a place where we have a better, um, I guess, a better reputation within the organization. People now, I think, know how to work with user experience team in general. They kind of are partnering with us in terms of how does this feed into things that we're trying to plan in terms of roadmap or you know, what are, how do we prioritize the work that we need to do based on, you know, the biggest pain point that we're trying to solve. And then other ways that we're doing, and I know that you had uh, a podcast and a conversation with J.D. Buckley, but J.D. is really spearheading a project or a program in our team, which is really trying to be able to make that connection between the impact that user experience has on the product and how to tie that into a business objective like an MPS score or a call center reduction. So we're, we're really trying to measure the value in a way that resonates with the business, which is m- money. Yeah, I mean, that is uh, uh, such a holy grail quest. I remember yeah. Yeah. when I first realized, uh, talking to you last year uh, at Enterprise yeah. UX, when I when it slowly dawned on me the the audacity of what you were trying to do, and yeah. uh, I was going to mention you said you you know hiring great talent, and so I did want to definitely do a shout out to JD because as you said we had her on earlier, and uh, she's she's amazing, and, yeah. and and what you guys are doing is amazing. So uh, not to get into any too specific of information, but I'm curious about wins that you've had on that front, uh, and as far as connecting design uh, to ROI. Yeah, so it's definitely been a, a, a learning process for us because we're kind of figuring this out as we go. And the story that I like to tell is, I want to say about a year and a half ago, I was in the office late one night and, and JD was here working. And, you know, it's all open plan office, like any new modern um, <laughs> work environment. And my boss, who's the senior vice president of development, he came up to me and he said, you know, Doug has been asking me, Doug is the, the general manager of our division. He's like, he's been asking me, you know, what kind of value he's getting from his investment in the user experience team. And, you know, my immediate reaction was, well, everybody knows that if you invest in user experience, you save all these costs, you know, 100% of your costs up front because you're working out these problems before you get development. And, you know, and, and there's, you know, all of these stats that we like to use in terms of where you get your bang for your buck and user experience. And then he basically said, well, you know, prove it. Like how, how, how can I articulate this to the general manager? And I kind of went away and I thought, well, that's insulting. Or does, everybody knows, you know, how, why you should spend money on investing in user experience. And then I thought, wait a minute, actually, how do we break this down into a language that resonates with the business? And JD and I kind of had this sort of like whiteboarding brainstorming session to say, well, how, how are we going to figure this out? Because it is our job as part of our education. And I've been in other companies and managed, you know, user experience teams where at some point your large enterprise organization needs to cut back on spending. You know, they might reduce headcount. How does anybody make a decision in a company on which teams to reduce the teams that are showing value and are really 
being able to articulate what they're bringing to the table are probably the teams that you want to, you know, you want to keep. So how do we do that as a shared service in an organization? How do we make that impact with, you know, with the decision makers or the, the things that are beyond our control? So we just started to brainstorm on, you know, what to do there. And I would say that we've been probably doing this program for about a year and a half. And the research team is just completing the fourth uh, study in this program. We presented some early findings to some of the, you know, the, the, the big guys. And I don't know what his exact title is, actually. But basically, it's my boss's boss. He's the one that oversees all of product and technology for ADP globally. And I think he really understood in the conversations that we had to him, the early presentation around showing him the baseline and the comparison to the baseline and showing him um, how we were building or, I guess, trending in the right direction, user satisfaction on using the product based on the new the new designs that we were putting into the hands of our customers. and But I think that the important thing from that conversation is that they understood that this was a long uh, or, or a longer journey and that, that this was something that was going to build over time um, because I feel like sometimes you're in a large company and they want to have sort of this instant answer. You know, MPS has gone from seven to 24 yay you know but, but what does that mean so we're looking at you know really taking those numbers and giving those numbers some meaning based on behavior and things that we're doing in product and design that is making that impact to the user so we're so it's a it's a slow program right. but i think more, the more that we talk about it and share the information, I think the more people are understanding the importance. So, so you mentioned that this yeah. was the fourth study that you've done. And yes. in the beginning, you were talking about research being very strategic. So did you yeah. have that vision of that research roadmap of what you wanted to accomplish? And where do you feel like you are today? That's a good question. Um, so I think when I came in back in July 2015, uh, there wasn't a focused UX group on this part of the business that we are supporting here at ADP. And I sort of, I did, I guess, in a way, my own research. I interviewed a lot of the, the product teams and the development leaders to understand what everybody was doing and, and, and get a better uh, handle on the product and the user of the product. And when I started to think about how did we want to create the team, I knew that developers and certain product people were making UI design interaction decisions. And I knew that we needed to get ahead of some of those immediately because um, sometimes it will take six months or 12 months to fix a bad UI, especially when you're running, you know, complex enterprise software. So I immediately wanted to do that. And in my previous companies or two companies ago, the user experience designers, we didn't really make the distinction at that time between design and research. They just did the work. And so I wanted to take 
that kind of efficiency, that, that, that kind of model and play with it a little bit and get the designers to not only review their work with each other, because at that time designers were scattered everywhere and nobody was actually talking to each other or critiquing each other's work. So we needed to put that in place right away, but I also wanted to make sure that the designers were also validating their immediate designs, their interactions with users and that, that they could learn a new skill, but also, you know, to, to, to put, to put their work in front of customers. And then I had worked with, um, Jim Kalbach in two previous companies, LexisNexis and Citrix. And Jim was very much a sort of a researcher design strategist that I learned a lot from in my career. So I remember thinking, okay, what I wanted to build was almost you know, a research team that was really going to be able to provide research that could provide, I guess, product strategy or business strategy through through their work and how could, you know, we influence that a bit more. So I was kind of in a way experimenting with how I wanted to pull this team together. And when I was designing the team, I was meeting a lot of people in the LA community and I had worked with some researchers that I knew that I, I could bring into the team that could sort of uh, execute and and provide this type of skill set for the team that I was building. Um, and then one day, uh, you know, I was introduced to JD. And then we I remember going out and having a coffee with her and saying, you know, this is what I was looking for with, you know, the research side of the team and, and us having sort of more of a, a conversation on, you know, how research was evolving in our industry, how, you know, a lot of different teams, I think we're talking about design thinking and design strategy and design schools and, and, and all of that was great. But how could we start to stop the talking and, and, and you know, do the walking kind of thing? And so um, that's kind of what I was, I guess, maybe consciously or unconsciously thinking in my mind is if you put the right people with the experience in place, then you you work on this together. So, you know, as a team, we typically kind of have a like an offsite or whatever where we sit down and we say, okay, here's the, you know, the team goals, the team's the team strategies that we set at the beginning of the year. What are some of the projects? What are some of the initiatives that we want to drive from the from our group that will help us get to where we want to go? As opposed to just ticking off, you know, designing and developing and researching a bunch of features that are on the list on the roadmap. What are other other things that we're trying to do to make that difference? So, I look at you know, kind of what I do is very much a, a team effort because when I'm designing a team, you kind of need the players. To, to do the work that is part of, I guess, your overall vision. But I think we're getting there. I mean, every year, every, you know, everybody looks around and says, ah, you know, we're making one step forward and two step backwards, or we have to compromise on some of the designs because, you know, the technology can't do what I really want it to do from the original vision. But then, you, you know, you have to look back and say, well, this is all of the impact that we've made in the past two years. You know, you know we now have... Um, expanded our UX team. We've got 10 designers in our office in Hyderabad in India. We've been um, supplementing the additional work through bringing in contractors and freelancers. So from a team of 10 to now a, a team of 25, you know, we've made a bigger impact because people are, you know, really investing in us more. So I guess we're doing something right. 
but you know <laughs> some days i think it's still like it's going to battle <laughs> oh i'm sure <laughs> yeah um let yeah. me let me transition because i think and you you sure. did a nice job of setting it up i i wanted to talk to you um about sort of your thinking and approach to the topic of diversity and inclusion and yeah. you, you you have, I think, both a unique background that you bring to this question. And then also, you know, as you mentioned there, you know, you, you've had the opportunity to design a team. And so, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear, you know, both from, a, 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 again, a broad perspective, but also from maybe a UX skills mix. You know, what is diversity? How does that how does that play out for you? And, and what does it mean? It, yeah, it's funny because um, Chris, we, we I was at Philosophy. Um, what was it? Was it October or November yeah. last year where you um, were hosting World Usability Day? And Marcella had approached me and she asked me to come and talk about diversity. And I was like, "Huh, I haven't really thought about this in what I do in a way that is something that is like really conscious." Um, and then when I kind of I think maybe started breaking it down a little bit. I started thinking, well, maybe there is something subconscious about designing teams and and and, and building teams. Um, so, my background in less than two two seconds. Let's see, I've lived in three countries and worked in three cities in my UX career, and I've sort of moved around between Canada, the UK, and then now Southern California. It's it's a not all. I can't I can't make a comparison to working East Coast US or you know middle of the US, but I've been in California six years, and um, I've had the opportunity to work on projects, uh, large-scale development projects, where I'm working with teams of designers and engineers that are literally globally, but also the, the, the user or the consumer of the product may be French-Canadian, might be Japanese. So I've I've learned a lot from working in this way in terms of how to design for a different audience, how to think about, you know, if somebody's reading left to right or right to left, but also working within uh, global teams, how do you manage teams that are different just fundamentally culturally? And, um, you know, when I was kind of looking at the, creating the team here, I was thinking more along the lines of what are the kind of range of skills that I need in the team that I want to build build a team out. And for me, once I get a resume, I know somebody can do the job. I know that somebody can learn Sketch, that somebody can understand the product that they're that they're trying to create. But the rest for me is really what is the cultural fit that I want to bring in the team because I feel very strongly that a UX team in a large organization has to be creative. And I feel like we battle creativity every day because there's a meeting here or there's a stand-up here and then I've got 20 minutes to do a design or I've got you know a 45 minutes here to you know to get something out so it's really important to me that you we have this kind of culture that people can build kind of build off of each other but in respect to you know other things around diversity um, when I was tasked with expanding the team to India, I realized uh, I had worked before in my previous careers with designers and, and researchers and that were that were based in other countries and had brought different skill sets to the table, whether it was for designing for localized um, countries and so on. 
And I'd also worked with um, designers in India. So for me, bringing a team from India was not an issue at all. And the first thing that I did was hired a manager there. And then he built a team around, you know, what we were trying to achieve as a group. But then it kind of dawned on me that some of the people that we had in Pasadena had not worked in a global organization before, had not worked with people outside of the of the U.S. And, um, you know, we fight a 12 and a half hour time difference, which can be a challenge for both people. And God forbid a des- you ask a designer to come into work before eight o'clock, you know, to get on a call with somebody in India and it's eight o'clock their evening, you know. But I think when you break down all of those differences, really at the end of the day, you're just trying to solve the same problem for the user through design. And that is that becomes the common language. And, you know, I think also we talk about in our industry, um, sometimes UX butts heads against, you know, product or butt heads against development, and then it becomes an us against them kind of thing. Really, at the end of the day, if you keep your focus on who are you trying to make this thing for and what are they trying to do with it, then nothing else matters. And so I think consciously or unconsciously, that's what I've been trying to do, I guess, in my entire career is a career is bringing a group of group of people who are talented and who can bring different skills to the table, whether they have experience working overseas, whether they have you know, experience in visual design, whether they have experience doing front-end code, whether they have 10 years experience and two degrees or no degrees and two years experience, putting putting this group of people together where you can get this great energy where people can feed off of each other. I think what that what you get out of that is the product or the design that you that you want to get into the hands of the customers that makes it that little bit different. So, Margot, in June 13th through 15th in San Francisco, uh, yeah. you are going to be part of Enterprise UX 2018. So I'm also yeah. going to be a part of it. But I just thought maybe you could tell us a little bit. You've actually been helping put the program together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that, actually. Um, Chris, not to get too sentimental, over the air but um we first really got to know each other at enterprise ux 17. that's right right that's right right. over a a quiet irish coffee (laughs) didn't philosophy sponsor (laughs) yeah philosophy was a sponsor last year nice yeah so um you know i met lou probably five or six years ago and uh he uh, approached me probably about six months ago and he said you know We're putting together the program for Enterprise UX 18, and uh, we surveyed all of the attendees from last year about some of the things that they liked and disliked about the conference and what were some of the themes that they um, felt that were important to them. And we've sort of developed this high-level program, and we've we've broken the program into four themes. And um, are you, you know, able to... I guess um, I guess what I'm doing is I guess designing one of the one of the four themes in Enterprise UX. So I'm um, I'm part of the first day of the program, and it's the second theme, which is on communication. And communication, you know, is is quite broad, but um, 
there's three speakers in this theme. Each speaker is um, talking for 30 minutes, and then at the end is a Q&A, and all of the four segments are designed in this format. Um, three speakers, Q&A at the end, um, so that's sort of two hours per module. Uh, there's going to be a good lineup. J.D. Buckley is going to be talking a little, in a lot more detail about um, how she's working with the value of UX or the metrics or ROI of UX as a communication tool to be used across uh, project teams. And then we've got Jim Kalbach, who's at Mural. Um, mm-hmm. But Jim and I go way back to our days at LexisNexis circa 2005, I think, where... Wow. You know, we worked worked work together, and then bef- and then recently we worked at Citrix. But he he's going to be talking about some of the the tools and techniques in our world of UX and how you can apply that not only in large enterprise organizations, but how you can apply that outside. Jim's done a lot of of work and workshops um, in journey mapping, and he's going to be talking about how that's a good communication tool. But then, or how he's used, or how he was invited rather to work with a global organization in terms of rehabilitating, I want to say terrorists, but people who have come from hate groups and and looking at how he's been applying design UX tools to to this organization. So that's going to be kind of an an interesting talk. And then finally, we've got Janike Kumar from SAP, and she is a vice president of user experience at SAP. So she's going to be talking about communication at the sea level. And I think that's quite interesting as well, because I think it's important um, for people in our industry to figure out or talk about how we can continue to take this uh, communication um, at that senior management level and how you keep the senior management uh, level investing in UX. So that's kind of the, the overall communication theme, but there's other topics around investment and build and keynote speakers and storytellers and you, Chris, going to be telling a story. Yeah, so there's it's, quite it's, it's a lineup. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really great. It's great for networking. Um, it's good so fun. I'm curious how you and Lou came up with the four themes of build, invest, communicate, and scale. You know, I think what um, after Enterprise UX 17, they started asking, you know, people who came to previous conferences in the Enterprise UX space, what were some of the most important things that I guess that they wanted to learn about? And then the themes that did emerge from all of this research that they did sort of turned into these four themes. And they wanted to get the, I guess, the four theme leaders to help design and build speakers from their network. Because I think the first few Enterprise UX conferences, you know, Lou and Dave and Uday and Lada had been working with their community of contacts. And then they wanted to sort of say, you know, where can we get other speakers? Let's let's expand our community. Some of them are a little bit more seasoned, some, some, are, some are a bit more experienced, but they wanted it to be very much a diverse program. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I, as you mentioned, I attended last year uh, Philosophy Sponsored. I, I thought yeah. it was just a fantastic event, uh, even though I'm no longer inside of the enterprise. Uh, I, yeah. I, I have plenty of enterprise experience to talk to, and uh, I, I just highly recommend it. Even if you're listening to this podcast, which will probably come out just a couple of days before, 
It's not too late. Get your tickets and come to San Francisco. Uh, I have a 15% discount code, which is DEAR, D-E-A-R, 15. So if people want to use that and they they can get the um, the time off work or the last minute approval, you can get 15% discount. So Chris, you'll, you and I will um, buy um, Irish coffees. Irish coffees, yes, it's a thing. Yeah. Exactly. It's a, it's a tradition <laughs> it's a now. Thing. It's a tradition. Right. The Irish coffee drinking game. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned that you've been doing some mentoring, and I think you said it was yeah. okay if people reached out to you on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I've been doing like a little bit more um, speaking in the in the LA community, and I know that there's a lot of uh, people graduating from from UX programs. Like I think Santa Monica's got their their first graduates happening. That's right. Next month. Yeah, and. Um, a lot of people have contacted me and said, you know, do you mind looking at my portfolio or looking at my resume? You know, what would you do differently? Um, so I'm, I'm more than happy to kind of give some ad hoc advice. Um, I'm always open for getting together for coffee. Um, I actually even got invited to have lunch at the Dodgers a couple weeks ago because there's some guys um, over there doing some, um, they're, they're working on some, some stuff for the Dodgers involving big data and they and they want they realize now that they can't just serve up a bunch of data that they need to think about a user interface so i kind of went over there and talked to them a little bit <laughs> about ux it was it was a lot of fun had a hot dog you know? perfect <laughs> um, so yeah 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 i'm open to um i'm open to the, uh, helping out the community that's so wonderful and one last question i am sure. curious what advice would you give to leaders who are just starting to build their teams Oh, God. Well, I think it's really important that you're looking at designing your team like you are designing uh, like a software or a design problem. Um, Think about, you know, who your user is, your your stakeholders. Think about what you want to get out of your team and go out there and meet a lot of different people. I think it's also really important to realize that you need to have a different conversations with creatives. You can't look at their portfolio necessarily and make a judgment call after that. I think it's, I think it's really good to um, kind of maybe network in, in, in meetups and think about um, how the personalities will all fit together. Um, because I think once you build a team, um, the designers really riff off each other and researchers really riff off each other. So I think, you might see something on paper, but it might be completely different in person or, or, or as a team. So have an open mind and have, have fun with that because it's a different but an equally creative way of designing something, but you're just designing it through creating a team. So it's, it's quite fun. Great answer, yeah. Margo. Thank you for that. And no thank problem. you so much for joining us on the show. Yes, thank yeah. you. It was fun. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we really appreciate it. UX Radio is produced by Laura Federoff and Chris Chandler. If you want more UX Radio, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play or go to ux-radio.com where you'll find podcasts, resources, and more. This episode is brought to you by Philosophy. Philosophy helps entrepreneurs and organizations validate and develop their promising ideas through agile design, rapid prototyping, and software craftsmanship. To learn more, visit philosophy with an IE.is.